Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How's it going, Colts fans? Welcome back to another episode of Colts Brawl. I am your host, Cody Felger. Joining me, your other host, Mr. Michael Tarazas. Michael, we missed you last week. Uh, how have you been, my friend? I've been good, man. I've been good. Uh, currently trying to get home. Probably got about a two-hour drive ahead of me. But hey, man, I'm uh, I'm doing good for the most part, man. Just feeling blessed. Yeah, good, man, good. Yeah, well, this will be a good t- good way to pass the time here, talking about some Colts topics that we can look at today. Um, some interesting ones today. Uh, the first one, a couple days ago, um, it was kind of announced, David Njoku, uh, Browns tight end, looking for a trade. And it kind of raised the question, you know, should the Colts be interested in a guy like David Njoku? Now, if you remember Njoku, he's a former first-round pick uh, in the 2017 draft. He was, uh, you know, he's – it's interesting, you know, coming out of Miami, he's such a vertical threat. Uh, he's, I would say, honestly, due to injuries and other factors, he obviously hasn't lived up to that number one, you know, selection that the Browns made there in the in the 2017 draft. But um, he's had, you know, a season where he's been decent. Um, but, you know, he's looking for a trade, especially with the Browns, obviously signing Austin Hooper this offseason, uh, the former Atlanta tight end. He's looking for a place where he can get more, you know, playing time and, and be more the number one type of guy. Only 23 years old, um, so he, you know, he turns 24 here on July 10th. So not too long from now. My question for you, Michael: Does it make sense for the Colts to be interested in David and Joku? Should they be interested? And also, you know, will his asking price kind of be in the range of what Chris Ballard would be looking for? Uh, I think the tight end position is a very – it's an interesting position because you don't have the youngest guys in that uh, position room. You know, Jack Doyle, I believe, is about to be 31. He's already in his 30s, Molly Cox. He was a basketball player, then he turned to football, so he's not that, that, that young. Still in his 20s, but not that young. Obviously, Trey Burton, who he signed, I think would – I think sense – to sign David Joku because you don't know how much longer Jack Doyle is going to be with us. 
And you probably want to go ahead and have that tight end position, you know, already care of. Now, for the asking price, you know, I mean, first, don't settle on the contract yet. Don't think about the contract yet. Think about what it's going to take to get Njoku from the Browns. He's a former first-round pick. So, I, I, I don't know what the Browns are going to be asking for. Uh, I, I'm sure it's probably going to be in a second-round I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, from that point, I don't know if Ballard is willing to that, if he can work some magic. You know, that's totally in his cards. Things, I think it makes sense because you're going to be pairing him with Phillip Rivers, another guy who likes his vert- vertical threats, but also, you know, maybe there's something there between him and Jacob Eason, hopefully for the future. Uh, you know, I think it's a good ahead and lock that position down for the next you know five six years uh down the line because David Njoku is a a good tight end I mean I don't want anyone to forget that because of the injuries you were talking about he's been having but you know that's something that you know the front office has got to weigh the pros and cons they have to because what are you getting in him as a player you know, that goes into the money you're going to get. You got to look at that injury history. You got to say when he gets here, what is something that we with? What can our medical staff help him with? Our strength and conditioning, what can he help him with? It's going to be all, you know, those are the questions that, that aren't talked about when we look at trades and stuff like that. So I think for the most part, it makes sense. Uh, I probably would want Ballard to do it, but will he? I honestly doubt it, but in my mind, I think it makes sense for Njoku to go to the Colts. Yeah, a couple things that I'm kind of taking away from this, and some things the Colts are going to have to weigh. You know, obviously the Colts have not had the best luck the last few years, no pun intended, with the injury history. I mean, they've had guys that seem like injured, you know, every single year. They've they've been at the top of the injury list. Uh, And then also, you know, you got to ask, it's not like the Browns are looking to trade him. It was reported the Browns actually want to keep him. David Njoku's kind of forcing his way out of Cleveland. Yeah. So do you think that would potentially impact, you know, and kind of drive the price down a little bit for a player like Njoku? Uh, I, think, I think with the Cleveland Browns, since he's wanting, since they want to keep him, that price is probably going to go up because they're going to sit there, get on the phone and say, we don't want to give them up, but we want to hear that, which is why I believe Chris Ballard won't go for it because if it's a second rounder, he could possibly go for it, but a first rounder, no, no, Chris Ballard isn't giving that up. He didn't, he gave up the third draw pick to the for divorce Buckner, who was a train and didn't have injury history. It was a no burner for him. He saw the production and saw that there's lack of injuries, and he saw the production. The production hasn't been there with Njoku, and the injuries have been a problem. So a first-rounder is not going to go. It's not going to happen with Chris Bowden, which is why I I think it's not going to happen. Yeah, and then you kind of throw in, you know, even if you trade for David Njoku, you have to extend him this next year, ideally, especially – if you're giving up that kind of draft capital, you know, second, third round pick, that's significant. And yep. I know he's still young, but you're going to have to pay him. You got other guys coming up. You know, Ryan Kelly, obviously, you want to extend. 
You know, what if you want to extend uh, Anthony Walker? There's going to be some other guys Darius coming up Leonard. in a few years. Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson. They're probably going to be two of the highest paid players of their position. Like, it, it can't all happen like that. And that's why, you know, I feel like after this year, especially like with the quarterback position, you got to get a quarterback on a rookie deal that you kind of roll with because you're not going to be able to pay him a max contract. And David Njoku is probably going to want a decent amount of money. So I don't know. I just – I'm not sure if I would do that. I would honestly be more in favor of next year using that pick that you would probably trade on a tight end and just getting a guy on a rookie deal, cheaper guy. You can kind of work into your offense, a guy maybe that doesn't have as much injury history. And I honestly feel like you're good with the three tight ends you have now. Um, obviously, yeah. Trey Burton last year was injured, but before that, he really hasn't had an injury history. And he's, he's still 28, so he's not old. He's still, you know, you could sign him to a contract extension after this year if you wanted to, if he produces and goes back, you know, to that 2018 form. So there is some upside with these guys, but, you know, you kind of have to weigh or give up that draft capital to basically put all your, your eggs in the David Njoku basket and kind of say, this guy's our tight end future. Um, especially kind of we saw how the Colts used Derek Ebron, which I think is very tantalizing, obviously, um, because you have that red zone threat. But you know, you like to have your tight ends who are willing blockers. And I don't think David Njoku is really one of those guys, more of a receiving tight end type of guy. But, yeah, there's a lot of factors to weigh in here because obviously Frank Reich loves his tight ends. The Colts rolled with four tight ends in 2018. They could if they traded for Njoku, they could do it again. But – also, you know, those factors that I just mentioned. So I would probably lean towards no at this point, just based off of that. I mean, he's a talented player, but if you're surrendering what the Browns are probably going to ask and you're not going to be the only team competing for his services, uh, yeah, I just don't think it's probably a, a move the Colts are going to make. But that's just me. Maybe the Colts do. Uh, maybe the asking price isn't as high as we think. Who knows? You never know. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I sit on David and Joku, and I think we're kind of kind of at the same in the same uh, area of thinking there. So um, we can move on now and look at some training camp kind of battles that we can look at. And we'll start here with the quarterback position. And here's kind of a, maybe a hot take type of question a little bit. Jacob Easton, the Colts drafted him in the fourth round this year, right? We kind of think he'll probably be the quarterback number three behind Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett this year. But my question for you, Michael does Jacob Eason potentially have a chance to not only surpass Jacoby Brissett, but even challenge Philip Rivers for that number one quarterback spot? You know, if Philip Rivers reverts back to how he was in 2019, what are your thoughts on Jacob Eason potentially challenging for a spot like that? So here's the biggest thing with Jacob Eason. This is going to be the big uh, thing for him in training camp. It's about knowing your playbook, knowing where your guys are going to be doing. You have to know it, okay? It's important to already have that communication down before you trot out onto the field because that's just not – I mean, of course, Bryant won't do it, but no head coach in the NFL would do that. They're not going to trot a quarterback out there who doesn't know his receiver's routes. That's going to be the biggest thing for Jacob Eason is knowing what they're doing. That's going to be the biggest thing because we don't want any type of miscommunication like what happened in the uh, semifinal game of the uh, college football playoff between Clemson and Ohio State. You know, that ended the game. We don't need that kind of miscommunication. So is he going to be able to challenge for 
the starter or second string spot. If he can make sure he has that communication down, he has that playbook down, then I certainly think he will. I mean, look, he has, in my opinion, he has a stronger arm than Phillip Rivers, obviously. Him and Joby, Jacoby Brissett do. I think he's more athletic. Uh, I think he's got the perfect build for a quarterback. I think he has a legitimate shot. I'm giving him a legitimate shot, to be honest with you, a legitimate shot to win the starting job this year. Because, I mean, I, I just look at everything. I think he is a great prospect for this offense. Now, if I'm being honest with you, I honestly think that he shirts this year and then just – you know, gets more accumulated into the offense, you know, just continuing to build with T.Y. Hilton and those boys. But I'll never count him out. I'll never count him out because of the arm he has. Now, he doesn't need to try and go crazy. He doesn't need to try and, you know, think it's all about him in the training camp, uh, not saying that he's that type of guy. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, just make sure he's getting the little things done. It's all about the little things when you're a rookie. Uh, that's one of the big, big things I talked about Ben Bangu when we were like off air, off our, uh, off the record. It's about the little things when you're a rookie and you're trying to get the little things down. That's going to be the biggest difference in his production. So if he can get that stuff down, we know what his arm can do. If he can do put all that together, he has a legitimate shot of winning that job. He certainly does. And yeah, I think for me, it's probably going to be, and I honestly kind of hope it is. I hope Philip Rivers has a good year and Jacob Bixon can just sit back and learn from Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, at least for a year. You know, obviously after this year, it will determine a lot to how the Colts approach their quarterback position this next year. But I think in a perfect world, I would have Jacob Bixon sit and learn and not be thrown into the fire right away especially, you know, has to having to learn a whole new offense. And we know how complex that Colts offense can be I would just want him to kind of learn and soak it all in at least for a year. That's just kind of my take on it. I think that's probably the best situation for him this year. Now, if crap hits the fan and the Colts want to see what they got in Jacob Beeson, maybe that does happen. But as it stands right now, I don't see him challenging for the starting spot. I think he has the talent. I just think he has to learn a lot about the NFL life. And and that's okay. Like That's not, that's not a slight on Jacob Beeson. It's just that's the reality in the Colts signed Philip Rivers to start. They didn't sign him to, to ride the bench, right? So I think yeah. at least for this year, it makes sense for me to have Jacob Beeson just sit there and learn and just soak it all in. Um, are there any other positions that really stick out to you, Michael, um, that you think will be interesting position battles to watch in training camp? I kind of think of a few, uh, you know, maybe that wide receiver number three spot, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal is going to be an interesting one. Uh, you even think maybe that other defensive end uh, alongside Justin Houston might be interesting uh, because you got, you know, Sears, you know, you got Ben Banigou, you got Kamoko Cherry coming off that injury, maybe Taekwon Lewis or Danico Autry kick more outside. Uh, what, what are some position groups that you're interested in watching kind of the battle and how that plays out here uh, in training camp and in the preseason? Well, if the Colt, if they do have the preseason, I guess more training camp at this point. It's going to be the biggest one to me. I think it's going to be the most important to watch in training camp, which is going to be the wide receiver group because we know T.Y. Hilton's going to be the number one guy. But, I mean, I know there's hype around Michael Pittman Jr. I love Michael Pittman Jr. I love his character and everything. I love it all. But 
we can't just not solidify him as the number two. Of course, that's what we want to do. I've done it myself, but we got to think about how hungry Paris Campbell is, how hungry Zach Pascal is to get better. You know, we saw that jump from him from 2018 to 2019. And then, what about Desmond, who's a, who's a solid guy? Don't forget about Marcus Johnson. You know, he showed that he could play in this league last year when those injuries came up, and he had to come up from the practice squad. So I'm looking at all of that. It's about the positioning in this wide receiver group. We have a a, a feel. We kind of, in a way, already know who's going to make the roster out of that group, but it's just about where they're going to be placed. It's about who's earning that playing time, who is battling each other. Is Zach Pascal really going to, you know, possibly win the number two job? Is Michael Pittman, you know, going to get outshined by Paris Campbell? Because Paris Campbell, he's talked about it. He's hungry. He's ready to get back in. He's ready to be the best receiver he can. And he was also a second-round wide receiver, just like Michael Pittman Jr. And he, going into his rookie year, he was getting a lot of love. Remember, I mean, a guy from NFL Network, he said that, you know, Paris Campbell is a candidate to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So we, we can't forget about that guy. Uh, that's going to be the biggest one to me, in my opinion, for when it comes to the positions because it's these guys, man, they're hungry. They're hungry to get that production because, you know, we love Jacoby Brissett last year, but he, in a way, he held the uh, passing attack back a little bit. He held it back a little bit. And these receivers are coming in, and they're hungry. They want more. They want more balls thrown their way want more targets they just want more opportunities so that's going to be the most interesting position battle for me to watch yeah i think another one that is not was talked about a lot last year in training camp but maybe flare up again is that middle linebacker position between bobby okariki and anthony walker uh ultimately walker held out and and won that position and then okariki obviously played more sam linebacker last year but it will be interesting to see uh, does okariki challenge now you know he's more i would say He's more athletically gifted than Anthony Walker, but Anthony Walker at this point is more of a proven player and more of a leader. So it will be interesting to me to watch that and kind of see how that develops. And then there's just some other positions that are interesting, like how does the dynamic play between Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack? Is it a 50-50 split? Or does Jonathan Taylor kind of overtake him and get more snaps? That'll certainly be interesting. I'm really excited to kind of see a lot of these positions and kind of seeing – well, who ultimately comes out on top? Uh, there's a lot of different outcomes that can happen, and it's always super interesting to see. Um, yeah, and I guess that'll kind of move us now, looking at training camp and then later on uh, before the regular season, if the regular season indeed does happen. Who are some potential cuts for you, some vet cuts? You know, Obviously, with the coronavirus, cap's going to go down this next year. So maybe some of those veteran guys that are on certain teams will be released from some of those teams. And in order to try to save some cap, who are some guys that you think could potentially be some cap casualties for the Colts here in 2020? Maybe some surprise guys as well. Oh, man. The biggest one to me, the more obvious one to me, is probably Donico Autry. Uh, You look at the depth, the quality depth the Colts have on the defensive line. You got it on the interior, you got it on the outside. I honestly think, you know, he's got to be the more obvious one for a possible vet. He, I think he's still a serviceable quality player. But we, we've talked about this, Cody. Look at the draft capital 
Chris Ballard has invested in that defensive line, you gotta you gotta look at that and say these guys are gonna kick someone out. Now for Danico Autry, I think it's really gonna come down to Danico Autry or Tyquan Lewis because both of those guys are the ones that are being looked at as the be playing inside and out. We saw Tyquan Lewis play a little three tech his rookie year. We saw Danico Autry be a really good three tech his first year in Annapolis. Then they, they're talking about going outside. Taekwon Lewis played outside in college at Ohio State. So it's going to be one of those one of those two. It's going to be one of the more obvious ones to me. Uh, probably another one, TJ Carey. I think he was signed on just to be a practice body, you know, give some, um, give some competition, you know, to Rockets, you know, just trying to make those better, get that another veteran voice in the locker room. Uh, and to be honest with you, staying staying in corner room, man, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Xavier Rhodes got cut. I would not be surprised. Uh, come to that hip for a corner, hips, your footwork, that is the biggest part of being a corner. And you even mentioned, mentioned it on the show when talking about the draft. You know, that's probably the most athletic position there is to play in the NFL. And in this year, there's only two preseasons this year. There's only going to be two. And if he's not performing in training, continually getting beat, and he is not playing that well, well, honestly, I kind of doubt he might play in the uh, preseason. I think he's got to be put down as a possible cut. That That's just me. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that you could definitely throw in there. Honestly, I think Danico Autry is the biggest one that stands out to me. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, it's just tough for me to cut any of those corners, especially we know. It seems like you need an, an excess amount of corners because it seems like that position's always banged up every single year. It's kind of like running back in a way where you need a multitude of guys. You need your you know fourth corner, like your fourth running back sometimes, to come in and step in and play a pivotal role in your season. So, uh I, I can see TJ Carey as well, especially if Isaiah Rogers comes on and can be kind of your backup slot guy from day one. But yeah, there's honestly not a ton. The Colts don't have a ton of veteran guys that are obvious besides those couple guys. So mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. I think those two guys are definitely my top two. Um, really nobody in the offense stands out to me because they're all kind of playing a key role there. So um, kind of flipping it to the other side of the spectrum here. Uh, let's look at some guys who could potentially be MVP candidates for the Colts. Um, I'll start with Philip Rivers because we know the quarterback position is the most important position in football and arguably the most important position in sports. Uh, the quarterback, obviously, it's a leader of that offense. You know, the team lives and dies, as we saw uh, last year with the Colts. The team lives and dies on if you have a good quarterback in there and your passing offense is one of the best. And uh, the Colts certainly think Phillip Rivers has a lot more in him. He has more left in the tank. He's reunited with Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni. Um, so he's got a connection there. He's got a better offensive line. He's got, you know, some young playmakers. He's got some receiving backs. He's got a lot of the things that he needs to succeed. And I honestly think he might be – I don't think he's probably going to win, would even win uh, the MVP. But I think based off of the position that he plays and if he has a pretty good year, he could be in that conversation – um, are there any other guys that you think could potentially be MVP-type candidates for the Colts here in uh, 2020? Um, it's not, you know, the biggest 
choice because he's a rookie. But, I mean, you possibly got to look at Jonathan Taylor. You have to. I mean, you look at the kind of talent he is behind that offensive line, and it's possible that Frank Reich just decides in the middle of the season, let's just pound this football. Let's just pound it all together because I don't want to take anything away from Marlon. He is a great running back. But his vision is not the vision of one Jonathan Taylor. His ability to just burst through an, a line, because we know Marlon Mack is more of a patient running back. Jonathan Taylor sees a hole and he bursts through that line. And if he has that production that he had at Wisconsin in the NFL in Indianapolis, I think he's definitely a definitely MVP offensive rookie. Here. If I have to look at one more, Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. I mean, you know, some people might ask, like, well, what about DeForest Buckner? I'm going to say that for Darius Leonard because he's going to be playing behind DeForest Buckner. You just think about the many stuffed runs that the Colts are going to have on defense, how many runs they're going to stuff and how many of them Darius Leonard is going to be in the middle of. Think about the tip balls that DeForest Buckner is going to force and those turn into interceptions for Darius Leonard. Think about the whole DeForest Buckner's clearing for Darius Leonard to just go right downhill and get a sack. I mean, he gets he was already getting production for Buckner. But the fact that Buckner is now a Colt and he is going to be leading the way for Darius Leonard, the production for Leonard I think is going to skyrocket, man. I think it's going to skyrocket to the point to where he is my favorite for defensive player of the year right now. He is my favorite because I just look at the defensive talent and how that helps him out, and I, I just say it's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> so that I'm putting Darius Leonard as a possible MVP candidate. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that the league is so adamant about quarterbacks always being yeah. the MVP because Darius Leonard is a player that I think honestly could be the best player in the league but then you have a player like Patrick Mahomes who may not have you know, the best season. Comp- you know, Darius Leonard has a better season at his position. Well, his position isn't as valued as the quarterback yep. position. But I definitely yep. think, yeah, uh, defensive player of the year is not out of the question at all. Darius Leonard, he's shooting for 200 tackles. I, again, I hope he doesn't reach 200 tackles just because that will mean the Colts' defense probably won't be as good. But uh, I think – you know, I would like to see a little bit more um, efficiency from Darius Slender, if that makes sense. You know, adding more sacks, adding more interceptions. He already had a ton last year, but just continuing to up the ante a little bit and getting himself in that MVP defensive uh, player of the year conversation, I think that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to have double-digit sacks to get into that conversation. He's certainly a guy, though, that – it's crazy. After he broke the Colts tackle record his rookie year, led the league in tackles, he was not satisfied. He wants to get even better. Um, it's crazy to think that he can still get better as a linebacker because we know how a tremendous of a player he is. Um, obviously, he's a fantastic against the pass. Um, he had multiple interceptions last year. And he got two interceptions in that Tampa Bay game, one returned for a touchdown. So he's a ball hawk. He's he's the type of guy. He's just a playmaker. He forces turnovers. That's exactly what the Colts need. And you know, adding a player to Forrest Buckner's ca- caliber, and then obviously Justin Houston coming back. 
getting a little bit better, hoping one of those second year, second or third year guys that you invested pretty highly in, you know, if Kamoko Turi can come back and play at the level he was playing at and maybe even better, I mean, this defensive line is going to help these linebackers tremendously. So I'm super excited to see kind of what happens there. Um, but yeah, I think those are some good potential candidates. Now, it doesn't not to say that that will happen because it rarely does for people outside of the quarterback position, unfortunately, unless they're Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack. But uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, I'm really excited to see kind of how this whole group meshes on the defensive side and how Philip Rivers meshes with this offense. It seems like it's going well so far, uh, but it'll be certainly be interesting to see how they continue to develop. Well, that'll do it for this podcast. Michael, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrap this thing up? Not really, man. Not really. For what it's looking like right now, we're getting a little closer to football. Hopefully there will be football this year. So we're just hoping and praying for everyone's safety, that it's just safe to have football. Uh, but just the main thing, man, just try to stay connected, man. Um, I really hope. I really hope there's football. It's been uh, pretty boring for a while now without really any sports. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. I really hope that football happens. Even if the preseason's cut down to two games or even if the preseason doesn't really happen, I just hope we have football. I don't really care what it takes. I don't care if I can't go to a yeah. game. I just want football, man, because I miss yes. it so much, you know, and it gives us things to talk about, gives us a little break in our weekend um, from our jobs and everything else that we're doing. So uh, certainly hoping that it all happens, but that will do it for this episode of Colts Ball. Thank you, guys. Be sure to leave a like, a comment. Be sure to subscribe to us. Um, thank you all for your support of us, and, uh, yeah, thank you guys, and stay safe out there. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.